I want to start with a quick story. It's a true story. And I think it's one that has influenced my life more than I could have ever imagined. When I was in grade three, something happened to me. You were waiting for my grade one story, weren't you? But it wasn't that one this time. When I was in grade three, I left Junction Park State School at the end of grade two, and I went to Jimboomba State School for the beginning of grade three. Jimboomba State School was a small country school, and I was a city kid. I was eight years old, and I was at a new school for the very first day. Lunchtime came around, and I found myself hiding in the toilet. Apparently, Mark had decided with his friends that my very existence challenged him, and he wanted to fight me. I was eight. I didn't know what a fight was. My parents didn't fight. I didn't have an older brother, and my younger brother, he certainly didn't fight. And still doesn't, because he's smart. So I want you to think about this for a moment. I want you to think you're an eight-year-old child and you're at a school for the very first day. And you're finding yourself hidden behind a toilet door, scared of coming out because there's a bunch of guys that would like to fight you. I want you to take that moment and think about what that does in your brain psychologically. Sometimes it does something in our brain and we're not even aware what it's done. And it's only in the recent journey with counselling and talking things through, and I'm not here to go, oh my gosh. But I believe that things happen to us throughout our formative years that forever alter the trajectory of our life. And as an eight-year-old child who couldn't fight, I didn't bust through the door and pop him on the nose like the Incredible Hulk, Spider-Man or Batman. None of my Hollywood heroes turned up to encourage me or embolden me or empower me. I was a scared eight-year-old boy hiding behind a toilet door yelling, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and I'm hoping that they will go away before lunchtime ends so that I may be able to go to the next class. I was embarrassed, ashamed, Vulnerable and scared. I wanted you to just take that this morning. And I'm going to get you to do some weird stuff today. Like close your eyes. Not now. Just Natalie jumped in there. Not now. But I want you to close your eyes later and we're going to imagine a time in our life where maybe we could identify with those feelings where maybe we felt the same way. You know, when, when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, when God created them, they didn't know what fear was. They didn't know what shame was. They didn't feel vulnerable. They didn't feel scared. They were totally and utterly enwrapped in the presence of God and the love of God, and they had no idea what those other thoughts were. In fact, if we go to Genesis chapter 2, verses 25, it says they were both naked. Everyone say naked. naked. I used this verse yesterday at a wedding. They were both naked, and it says they were unashamed. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They were both totally naked and they weren't ashamed. 
And we think of the word naked and we think, oh, that pertains to clothing, and it does. But can I go a little deeper this morning? Because it's not just clothing, is it? It's that sense of being laid bare. It's that sense of being laid open. It's that sense of being incredibly vulnerable. And they were both laid bare and vulnerable and they were unashamed. They both had all of their physical bodies exposed, but their emotions were exposed. Everything was exposed and they were unashamed. That's how we, everyone say we, That's how we were meant to be. That's how we were created to be. That's how God designed us to be with each other, unashamed, unembarrassed, uninhibited, fearless, strong, secure, and stable. That's how our Heavenly Father designed us to have relationship with each other and with Him. If you know the story, you know the very next chapter, everything changes. For the sake of time, I'm gonna skip it and give you the highlight reel. Very next chapter says, the serpent came along and he tempted Eve and he said, did God really say you shouldn't eat from that particular tree? And and Eve went on this journey and she said, oh no, we can eat from every tree, but we can't eat from that tree. And if we eat from that tree, we will certainly die. And the serpent said, you won't die. And so she take it, she took it, she take it, she took it and she ate from it. And then she gave some to her husband to eat. Then we're gonna read down to the very next verse in Genesis chapter three, verse seven. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. I'm gonna read that exact verse again, please. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. I'm gonna touch on this next week and the week after because this is an extension of my Movember and Mental Health Month. Because one of the things that the enemy has managed to do is to sell us a lie. And the lie is that you're not good enough and you don't have enough and you're not adequate enough. And the lie is where it erodes our strength and our stability and our security. And he makes us these insecure, ashamed, vulnerable, scared beings. The eyes of both of them were open and at that moment they began to sew fig leaves together and they hid. We're gonna go to verse eight. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. The minute they ate that fruit, something changed inside them. Something died. Their security, their stability, their strength died. And immediately they ate that fruit. They knew that they were naked. And he says, and I was afraid. Everyone say afraid. Fear came in because suddenly they knew they lacked things. They were vulnerable. They were ashamed, they were embarrassed. Before this, they never felt embarrassment or shame or fear or dread. They were strong and stable and the minute they ate the fruit, something entered and can I say entered the human race and has been passed from generation to generation to generation to generation. 
being naked isn't just about having no clothes on, although that would be awkward. Being naked, naked, it's about being totally exposed and vulnerable. When I was doing worship leading in Bible college, they one time told me that the worship leading and or the preaching, how many people are afraid of public speaking? You know, they, they said worship leading and public speaking are, are like this. It's like standing in front of a room full of people naked and saying, what do you think? It's, that, it's akin to the same fear and the same cares and the same concerns and the same embarrassment and the same insecurities and the same shame and, and everything else just bottled up inside and it, where you go, I don't ever wanna be in that position. In fact, if I'm being honest, I feel like even as a 52-year-old man, sometimes I'm the, the eight-year-old boy hiding behind a closed toilet door. And that's what I'm gonna talk to you about this morning because this morning I'm gonna ask you a question, what are you wearing? That's the question I'm gonna ask and we're gonna answer it in the next 17 minutes. What are you wearing? Because what some of us do when we're feeling fearful, ashamed, embarrassed, I've been doing this in premarital counseling for a while and we're gonna do it this morning. I want everybody to close their eyes just for a moment, please. Won't you just close your eyes? I want you to imagine right now with this click that your clothes just fell off, just yours. Wouldn't quite be so bad if we were all in the same category together, but I want you to just imagine right here today, my gosh, what would you do if you opened your eyes at that click and you were totally naked? How many people, just with every eye closed, how many people feel like, man, I would get out of here so fast? How many, can, how many people feel that sense of fear or embarrassment? It's, it's like, man, sometimes it's paralyzing that absolute overwhelmed feeling of fear or embarrassment or shame. You know, open your eyes. That's how I felt when I was hiding behind a toilet door, embarrassed and ashamed of myself for not being more, not being able to do more. And so for me, I'm not sure about you, but for me, I was talking to Barry through the week and I said, I feel like that helped shape my entire life. And I'm gonna say this, you know what the enemy means for harm, God means for good. Because one of the things that I did at that moment is I began to change and to shape and to shift and to refine who I was so that I could have a protective mechanism. And I'm gonna share this this morning because I began to put on a fig leaf and so the man that you see who's charismatic and humorous and sometimes very humorous. There's a little slow. The man who you see who's sometimes a little sarcastic. Wow, wow. You see somebody who was shaped by shame and embarrassment who began to put on fig leaves who began to hide behind, you know, it's really hard to hate somebody who's nice and jovial and friendly. And so all of us, everyone say all of us. All of us, every single person here from a child through to an adult, from an eight-year-old to an 80-year-old to a 90-year-old have constructed a life sometimes of lies where you have developed fig leaves. So I'm gonna ask, would you come up this morning, young man? Yes, you, and one more person. Bo, come on up real quick, you ready? 
Because the Bible says that immediately, immediately their eyes were open and they sewed fig leaves together. And we're gonna look at some of the fig leaves and we're gonna identify some of the fig leaves that we sow. And I'm gonna ask you three questions this morning. Are you ready? Here's the three questions. Number one, the number one question I want you to ask and answer in your own head this morning is what happens to you that makes you feel naked? What happens to you that makes you feel vulnerable? What happens to you that makes you feel ashamed? What happens to you that makes you feel embarrassed? What happens to you that makes you feel like you've got to hide behind a closed toilet door? What happens to you that that conjures, for lack of a better word, that feeling of incredible embarrassment inside yourself where you quickly rip out a fig leaf? Is it a conversation with your wife? And I'm gonna share perhaps over the next few weeks some of the conversations I've had with my wife where she's asked me a question and it has made me feel so embarrassed or so ashamed or so fearful or timid or vulnerable. And maybe it's not your wife, maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a coworker or somebody at school and they say something or they threaten to do something or they ask you a question and they make you feel like withdrawing. Anyone ever felt like that? I want you to really connect with that. And the reason I want you to connect with it is that if you don't own it, you can't be freed from it. If you don't recognize it. So the first step we're gonna do today really quickly is ask ourselves, what happens in my life? What does my wife say? What does my partner say? What does my boss say? What do my parents say? What do my children say? That make me feel embarrassed or rejected or ashamed or like I don't have enough. Where's Monica's down in the kids ministry this morning? And this morning I walked in and I went to give Dylan, who knows Dylan, her little three-year-old son, I went to give Dylan a high five. I was so pumped. Jojo put my hand out. Jojo smacked my hand down. He was like, bam. And I went to give Dylan a high five and Dylan did this. (laughs) I'm 52 and it still made me feel funny to get rejected by a three-year-old. Anyway, so I kicked him in the back of his leg and he fell over. (laughs) I thought he won't reject me again. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. I'm glad most of you laughed. That was a joke. But who's ever felt like that feeling of rejection? Who's ever felt like, oh man, that kind of smites a little bit, right? They're rejecting you. Who who sometimes when they feel rejected want to lash out a little bit and prove that they shouldn't reject them again? Yeah. (laughs) Look, I didn't act on my thought, but... So this morning, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna look at some stuff. So sometimes, I'm gonna point out some of the things we do, some of the fig leaves we have. And so sometimes when we feel like that, we withdraw. I need you to come over here and I need you to glue stuff on, okay? So sometimes when we're feeling like that, we withdraw. When I say glue, sticky tape. I was gonna use staples, but I didn't trust you with a stapler. Anyone ever withdrawn? You feel embarrassed, ashamed, naked? And so you just withdraw. I don't don't like that feeling. I withdraw from that person. Sometimes we go the other way, don't we? Sometimes when someone makes us feel like that, we come out with a a sense of false confidence, don't we? A sense of, who do you think you're talking to, sport? We puff the chest out a little bit more if you're a man. I don't know what women do because I've never been one. But 
That's not, that's true. Literally in my 52 years, I've only ever been a man. Moving on. Sometimes we, sometimes we compare ourselves, don't we? Like, I'm feeling insecure, but if I look over at Archer, I realise there's no need for me to feel insecure. Yeah, I should, shouldn't I? Thanks, Lisa. Sometimes, you, can you do this now? What's that word? Yeah, that's right. So sometimes when we're feeling insecure, what do we do? We just get real busy, don't we? we anyone ever got real busy? That way you don't have to deal with anything? Anyone gets like, you know, like... But man, you know, I'm feeling insecure, I'm feeling agitated, I'm feeling anxious, I'm just going to start getting busy doing stuff, and that way I don't actually have to deal with that feeling, I'm just going to get busy. What's another one we got? Yeah, read out. No, I'm just teasing, I'm sorry, dude. You can, you, we'll be praying for you later on, get over your shame and embarrassment on the stage in front of people, good job. Materialism. Yeah, sometimes when you don't feel like you're good enough, what do you do? You buy a bigger car. Where's my friend Matt? That's not you, man. <laughs> buy a bigger boat. I've been trying to convince my wife she should let me buy an aeroplane. We don't have any money, but how cool would I look in an aeroplane? It's not because I'm insecure. What about sarcasm or humour? Put your hand up if you use sarcasm and humour to hide behind. It's a great fig leaf. Everyone say it's a great fig leaf. Fantastic fig leaf. Sarcasm and humour comes highly recommended from the Sharp family. Perfectionism. I can never be seen to be wrong. I can't ever be seen to make a mistake. I gotta, I gotta do, everything's gotta be perfect. Defensiveness. What about defensiveness? What about, <coughs> what about anger? You know, what if I just get right in, I'm not gonna hurt you, okay? What if I get, just get right in Bo's face and I'm like, you know, like this, like, you know, keep away, kid. Keep away. All he sees is not the true scared Phil hiding behind the toilet door, but all he sees is the anger and the frustration that comes out. Sorry, man, you good? You ever met people that hide behind anger? What about people that hide behind pride? People that hide behind conflict avoidance? Here's the anger. People that hide behind emotional distance. People who hide behind intellectualism. Hello to every teacher who ever hurt me as I grew up. <laughs> I have these conversations with my mum and every now and again I, I still bring up the teachers that hurt me and I just nurse the chip. I just bring it off, put it back on. Anyone else know people who hide behind intellectualism, you know? I've been to uni, I've got a degree, I'm smarter than you. I'm older, therefore, ergo, I'm wiser. You know, I used to grow up thinking that everybody older was wiser and they're not. Just, you know. Uh, oh, that was my favourite one. You know, we see that all the time in churches. Spiritualising. You know, we hide behind a religious robe and a spiritual, oh, the re, you know, if you just knew Jesus the way I knew Jesus, you too could be a pig just like me. 
Anyone know someone like that? Don't point them out. <laughs> Over-independence. I really want to say a name, but I don't, so we'll just say nothing. But I'll go control. <laughs> but you know those people who, when you're anxious, when you're scared, when you're vulnerable, when you're, when you're insecure, when you're the three, grade three are hiding behind the toilet door, the way you've learned to cope with life is just to control everything and everyone around you. I can't deal with what's going on in my own inner world, so I'll just start controlling you. Oh, can I tell you a story? I know, I wasn't actually asking for an answer. I'm going to tell you the story anyway. I remember going to a counsellor one time and I was talking to the counsellor and she asked me a question. She led me on this little journey like a bull led to the slaughter, I feel now. And she took me on this little journey as we were talking through the frustrations I had with raising teenagers. If you're raising teenagers today, I am praying for you. But I was raising teenagers and I didn't have the nice teenagers like Lisa and Jamie had. I had the other ones. <laughs> They've come good in the end because I went and got help. You know, see how I say it with a laugh, but I'm serious. So I went to this council and I was talking about the fact that I was becoming a person that I didn't want to be. That the way I was getting them to do something was because I was just getting really angry or abusive and using language and using body language and using physical intimidation and becoming a human being that I didn't want to be. And I'm standing on the stage talking about the love of God on a Sunday and going home and acting like the other guy on a Monday. And I went to the counselor and I said, I hate this person that I see in the mirror. And so she took me on a journey. She asked me some questions. She said, well, well, where do you feel it? I said, I feel it right here. It's like a little ball that grows. I don't know if you relate to this story. I said, and I use this story many times. It's like a little hammer and I go and I say, hey, can you adjust your behavior? Tap, tap. But then the ball grows when they don't adjust their behavior. It gets bigger. Anyone know what I'm talking about? That ball. And the ball gets bigger. So I go back and I just reach for a bigger hammer and I go, hey, I need this to happen right now. And, and of course, I have teenagers. I don't know why they can't clean their room. It's like an aversion to it. And so it didn't happen. And so I, the ball would get bigger. And so she would ask me, well, what happens when you feel a bit anxious or a bit, a bit fearful or a bit frustrated? What do you do? And I said, oh, the ball gets bigger. And I said, oh, and then I'm thinking like how genius I am. I think it's on pride. And I'm like, oh, I'm a communicator. It's what I do for a living. I'm a great communicator. Thank you, thank you. And so I said, I'm a great communicator. So I clearly tell my children what I want to happen and what the consequences will be if they don't do it, right? And I'm like ticking the box, like, oh, look at me, leadership plus. Tell them what you want. Tell them why you want it. Tell them what will happen. Simple. Everyone should know that, by the way. That's very true. But she led me past all of the puff and wind, all of the bluster, and she asked me a question that day and she said, so let me ask you a question. She said, so when you're feeling frustrated, yeah, yeah, you feel it growing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're feeling frustrated and it's growing, you clearly communicate to your children what you want them to do, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you tell them when and how to do it, yeah. And what the consequences will be, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yes, she's finally got it. She says, so when you're feeling frustrated, you get them to adjust your, their behaviour to so that you're not frustrated. You have those moments in those sessions where you're like, whoa, wait, 
That sounded so much better when it was in my head than when you said it. Because the truth is this, until you deal with your fig leaves, you will be forever hiding behind your fig leaves and wanting everybody else to change and adjust their behaviour so it doesn't trigger your fig leaves and that feeling of embarrassment. And if you don't ever deal with what's going on in the great in the grade three boy behind that closed toilet door when the fears and the embarrassment and the shame, if you don't ever deal with it, you will forever be coming out with another fig leaf to tell everybody what they need to do and how they need to change so you don't feel like this ever again. Anyone following me on this? (coughs) I'm gonna finish today with this quick thought. I'm gonna do this. You got people pleasing you're a people pleaser, it could quite possibly be a fig leaf. You like to show off your successes, it could quite possibly be a fig leaf. Numbing behaviours, drugs, alcohol, pornography, it's a fig leaf. I don't like what I'm feeling, so I'm going to do this, distract myself with that so that I don't have to feel this anger. I don't like what I'm feeling, so I'm going to yell at that person until he never makes me feel this way again. It's a really bad way of living your life. Great, Phil. So glad you brought us to church today to make us all feel bad. Thank you so much. Can I give you the solution really quickly? Guys, can you give them a hand? I'm going to get them to sit down. Give them a hand. You guys did awesome. And you can share them with your friends. Love you guys. I should have left them up. Now I've got one more. Come back up, Angus. Jump up. Thanks, man. I'm going to give you the solution. Does anyone want to know that solution? Like, what do you do with that? It's found in Genesis 3.9. It starts, the solution starts with this, where God called to Adam, God, the omnipotent creator of the entire universe, calls to Adam and he asks a simple question. He says, where are you? Where are you? You're hiding behind your fig leaves. You're hiding behind your success, your anger, your perfectionism, your numbing behaviours, your overdependence. You're hiding behind all of these. And I actually can't see the real Adam. He says, where are you? You know, he can't heal you while you're still hiding. So the first question he asks us today is, where are you? And I'm gonna do the same thing and let this hang. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you hiding this morning? What are you hiding behind? Who are you hiding from? I'm going to jump down to verse 21. It says, Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and he clothed them. I'm going to do this. He comes down. He says, Adam, I want you to come out of hiding. And I'm believing that today he's asking you to come out of hiding. 
to stop hiding behind your emotional distance and your perfectionism and your withdrawal and your controlling behaviours and your anger and your pride and your self-reliance and all the things that you can do in your strength while depending on you and you alone. He says, can you stop doing that and can you trust in me? And he kills an animal and he clothes them with the skin of an animal. But it's deeper than that. As Monica spoke this morning, that's a substitutionary death. And when Jesus came down, you know, he came down wearing his robe of righteousness and purity and peace. And he took his robe off and took upon himself all of our sin and all of our shame and all of our shameful behaviour. And he says, I wanna clothe you, not in that stuff. I want to clothe you in my love and in my grace and in my peace. It's the best robe I've got. And I don't want anyone ever to see your fig leaves. In fact, can you pull your fig leaves off? Try and do it carefully, I'll reuse them. But he actually says, you know, I'm going to take all of these off you and I'm gonna carry them away. And I'm gonna deal with them. Because that's not how you're gonna relate to the world anymore. How you're gonna relate to the world is through me. And instead of the world seeing the naked, vulnerable, weak, scared, Angus, or Phil, what they see is Christ. That's what I'm inviting you to do today. As this morning finishes and as we sing this next song, I'm inviting you to examine yourself. Examine when you feel weak and vulnerable and when you feel you need to hide and withdraw. Examine what that is, because if you can identify it, if you can feel it, he can heal it. And then come out of hiding and ask him to clothe you in the presence of Christ. Why don't we stand to our feet? You can stay for a minute. Love you. Can we just lift our hands to heaven? Just as an act of surrender, and submission. And I believe there are more than half a dozen people here right now that know exactly what I'm talking about. And God, I wanna surrender my flesh and my fleshy ways to you and my own fears and my failures and my frustration and my nakedness and my vulnerabilities to you. And God, I'm asking that you would clothe me in Christ again that you would cleanse me and that you would help me to walk with you and to be known by you and that my security and my stability and my safety would come from you and you alone and that I would trust in you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm just praying that many of you would have prayed that, that prayer or a similar prayer where you surrender what you've got to God. You give yourself fresh to him. 
Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.